0: listening to iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break episode 40, and uh, it's nice to be back, especially given all the things that have happened in the last few months here. Uh, I'm recording on uh, March 11th. 2022 and uh, the last time that I released a uh podcast episode was uh, technically it's uh well it was December 31st or January 1st depending on the way you look at it. So um I uh a lot has happened in between that time. Uh one of the the uh, the big things was that I had a, a pretty bad bicycle accident uh and I had a concussion and some injuries on my hands and, you know, pretty much all over. Um, So I'm still still recovering from that. The thankfully, the uh, the brain stuff uh, resolved itself within maybe a week and a half uh, or two weeks or whatever. But uh, uh, I'm actually here it is. It's about a little over a month later and my hands are still having issues. But uh, I'm making it work. And um, I guess it's uh, just... One of those things I, I should probably take time to mention and just encourage uh, listeners to really take care of themselves. Um, make sure that if you are engaging in any kind of uh, sports or or whatever I, I, I was actually just riding in a neighborhood close to my house with my family, and uh, thankfully, I had a helmet and I had gloves that had little gel pads on the, the palms of my hands. Uh, thank goodness, because my uh, injuries could have been a lot worse as a result. I mean, I still got a, uh, my, uh, chin cut, uh, when I had to get stitches and also the concussion, which was probably the worst part of it. Um, and then the now, and then the long-term uh, hand issues that I'm dealing with still and wrist, but, uh, so I guess it it just gets to the point of uh, it'd be good for us to always think about taking care of ourselves and using caution uh, whenever we engage in sports or any other activities that could potentially result in us getting hurt because um, as developers our our brains and our hands are usually the uh, the the most important tools that we have to work with and so uh, we want we want to preserve those don't we um, so uh just a little encouragement there to uh, be safe out there um and of course that we have to be we have to have that kind of mindset now right now um with the uh, the pandemic uh even though it's it seems to be easing up a little bit but uh we still need to have have caution going forward um anyway um so that's enough for that as, as far as the intro is concerned um i just had a couple of things to chat about this time uh, the first thing that I wanted to mention was really interesting, and it was kind of baffling when it occurred to me, which is that um, I was in the process of creating a uh, a SwiftUI project. I just wanted to go ahead and uh, create, do, you know, file new project. And one of the things that was weird in it was that it didn't have an info plist. And I thought, hmm, that's really weird. Did I accidentally delete it and not know that it was there, but the, uh, the app was functional. And, uh, so I was kind of scratching my head wondering what was going on there. And then I did a little search and it turns out that, uh, Keith Harrison on his use your loaf, uh, website, it, which is always super helpful. Uh, one of the things that he mentions back in July 26th of uh, 2021, uh, is that Xcode 13, uh, excludes the missing info or excludes the info plist the the title of his blog post is xcode 13 missing info plist and he says when you create a new swift ui project with xcode 13 you may notice it doesn't have an info plist file so uh, and then he discusses what's going on with that um why they did not include it perhaps and also uh, how to include it if you if you want to so um so that's there for you to check out. I will include that in the, the show notes. And it was funny because then I realized, huh, I must not be creating that many uh, new SwiftUI projects, or uh, maybe I just never noticed that. I, I'm. It must've been the, the case, or I had, maybe I had, had created them, but had done it in Xcode 12, not 13. So uh, at any rate, uh, that's that's that, that's the story behind that in case uh, you've done that and you're wondering where your info p list is so go ahead and check out that article you'll find it very helpful the uh the next thing that I wanted to mention is sort of a uh i don't know if it's a news item or uh i i guess probably but um when since we're on the subject of xcode uh, one of the uh, blog posts at martian craft uh the the company that I work for um, came out back in January, sort of the end of January. So it's been a little bit over a month. Uh was really fascinating, especially if you are an iOS, Mac, Swift, Objective-C developer. You'll really appreciate this because the title of the article is Xcode through the years. And, uh, the article is by Corey Bohan and, uh, who's an excellent individual. I really enjoy working with him. Um, but the great thing about this article is that it is just, a a really fun walk down, uh, sort of the, the history, uh, memory lane, if you will, uh, of, of Xcode. Uh, and it, it really goes back to the origins of it. And, um, how Xcode has changed over the years and over the the 20 years or so that uh, it has been uh, being used as a developer tool. So um, I will post the link to that in the show notes uh, or you can just go to martiancraft.com and go to the blog section and uh, you'll you'll find it in the list there. And so that was the one from, from January. And uh, what's great is that it really walks through all of the versions of Xcode and uh, it's what i like about it is it's fun to find the the first one that you used and it's it's really interesting to see how much xcode has changed since then and uh, like for me uh, the first time i used xcode was with xcode 3 and uh, where uh, Interface Builder and Xcode itself were two separate applications, and that always drove me crazy. I know some people love it, and that's fine. But um, for me, it was always uh, a little bit of a mystery uh, as to why that was, uh, and until I learned the the, the history, um, and then I was very happy because immediately the the next after the next WWDC we had uh, Xcode four, which merged. Interface Builder and Xcode together. And uh, so either you rejoiced about that or you, uh, you just, you're wailing because of the atrocity that was the merged version of Xcode. So uh, hopefully most of us have gotten over it because it's been a while now. Here we are 12 years later and uh, and Xcode is still going strong with Xcode 13. And uh, so I hope you enjoy that uh, that article. It's a really great read it's a lot of fun and even touches on the the future of Xcode as well so uh, so take so check it out the last thing I'd like to talk about is uh, a this is a, a subject that's uh, near and dear to my uh, heart and interests lately and it's all about a project that I started back in October uh, or Maybe It might have started a little bit before that, but the original idea for it uh, came out of doing some, well, it was during working on the transformation project, and that was while I was also participating in the Y Combinator Startup School, and one of the things that the startup school does is that they have a, uh, a co-working session that they use in Zoom, and uh, I found it very helpful to be able to join the co-working session. And it helped me focus something that, that I have trouble with at times. But uh, being there with other people, and it, they were not I- iOS developers who were there. It was uh, folks who were just trying to get their startups and their businesses going uh, through the um, the startup school program. And uh, especially interesting was the silent co-working Zoom Breakout room that they had set up. It was literally a breakout room that you would go to, and you would not talk. You you went there and you were silent. Um, but I found that it really helped me to be able to focus on what I was doing. It felt like I was working with other people, but I was not disturbed by them necessarily. But it just kind of gave this psychological push, uh, almost like if, when you're at a co-working facility everyone around you is doing their thing. They're not necessarily interacting with you or bothering you, um, but the fact that you're surrounded by people who are working hard helps you to stay focused. And I really appreciated that. So that was the kind of the first start of this. And then the next part of the story came when I attended and and spoke at um, 360 iDev in August of 2021. And during that time, there were a couple of points during the during the conference in which uh, we remote attendees would go ahead and spin up a Zoom meeting uh, during, during the breaks because obviously we weren't there on site at the conference, but we would spin up our own uh, Zoom meeting and we'd just kind of hang out and chat and so forth. And I, after that experience, it just kind of made me think that there's something to this of meeting together and being able to uh, quote unquote, work together with other people that are iOS developers, Mac developers, Swift developers, uh, working together, but not necessarily in the same company, not in the same project, but just being in the sort of virtual proximity of other people that would help us to stay focused, to be able to feel like you're working with someone, and especially in the last few years, where uh, we've been dealing with the isolation that comes from the pandemic, it seemed even more important to be able to have a service like this, where you could be together, but not be physically together. So, um, so the idea for Swift Remote Studio was born from that. So, what is Swift Remote Studio? Swift Remote Studio is a is a service. It's a paid service, and that is intentional. Um it's a paid service that where uh, individuals can go and uh virtually work together using a software tool. Originally it was Zoom. Uh we have since moved on to another tool called Remotion. And Remotion is a very very interesting co-working application that is uh specifically designed for virtual co- co-working teams. Uh, It uh, is is very much like a a Mac OS dock, but it sits on the side of your screen. You can reposition it if you want, but it uh, sits on the side of your screen and just kind of indicates when other people are working uh, in your team. And you can also go into work rooms, uh, virtual work rooms with them. Um, And so I've been able to maintain this the silent co-working kind of thing. You see people come in and out. And, uh, honestly with remotion, it's, it's turned out to be a much better experience. Uh, you're able to join and, uh, you can just work and it shows that you're there, but, uh, you don't necessarily need to be bothered by anyone. So, um, so it's a very interesting tool. It's still it's it's a 1.x product. It still has issues and and we're giving feedback to the to the remotion team um, every week. So far we've had a little things here and there that we wanted to uh, to tell them. And so hopefully we'll see some some more changes as time goes on. But all in all it's turning out to be a really exciting project uh, or product to use. And the thing that I love about it is that I no longer have to manually set up a Zoom meeting every day between 5.30 and 6 and run it to, you know, for 23 hours and 45 minutes or whatever, and then start it up the next day and keep that process going every day. That's just not, it was not sustainable. I knew it was not, but it was, it was excellent uh, way to start for the, uh, for the MVP, and but it feels like now we've kind of crossed over from MVP to something that can actually work. So uh, what's nice is we have uh, um, we have about eighteen members as of today, and uh, it is turning out to be kind of a fun experience. And we also have live events that you can participate in. Um, we have uh, like for instance for the uh, the recent Apple event. Uh, which I am not going to be able to talk about today, uh, where the the um, the Mac Studio was released, but that's being covered everywhere. So go watch Rene Ritchie or something like that, uh, or uh, listen to ATP if you want to catch up on all that news. I'm sure they're they're covering it very well. Um, but uh, so, but after the event, um, we uh, ha- had a little get together, and that actually was on Zoom. And the uh, so there is that the, the co working side of things where we have meetings, and uh, there's also an accountability meeting if you're on the, the, the top premium level of membership. Uh, today, there are three memberships there's a basic, there is a uh, what we call co working basic, and then there's co working pro, and then co working max to, to take the, uh, the product naming scheme from Apple. Uh, so, I Thought it was kind of a, a little product nod to to their scheme hopefully they would then we'll get upset about that um so uh at any rate there the one portion is r- with regard to the co-working and that's handled through remotion and then we also use zoom for meetings and then the other part is with the community side of things so it's co-working and community and on the community side we are using a system called circle which is being very very uh it's gaining a lot of popularity uh, with, as far as communities out uh, on the web, uh, people using uh, Circle as a system to build their communities, and so it, it seemed like a really good uh, system to try. It's been around for just over a year, I believe. Um, but uh, so the nice thing about it is that it is very similar to something like Facebook groups, without the awfulness of having to deal with with Facebook. Uh, it supports messaging. It has uh, what it calls spaces, which you might think of uh, kind of like Slack channels in some way, uh, where you can have discussions and and so forth. And but it's much, it feels like a little richer experience, and uh, it's geared more towards uh, uh, posting information and having discussions about those kinds of things right there, as opposed to just a chat system like like Slack. Uh, it does have messaging. Uh, chat system built into it. Uh, and the latest thing that I was very excited about too is that it also has a live streaming system built into it that enables us to do live events right on the the site itself. And that will lend itself to be able to do sort of open live events for all members of the uh, the Swift Remote Studio community to be able to watch at the same time. And uh, so we're also uh, going to be scheduling things like Lunch and Learns. Um, and for higher-up memberships, there will be sort of private conference events. And those are coming soon. Um, and we've already had a, a couple of those happen already. And so if this so- sounds interesting to you and you want to try it, the we currently have a 30-day Free trial, and there is no credit card that is uh, no credit card taken when you sign up for it. So the reason for this is that well, Circle actually works that way. They don't take and or actually it's I guess Circle and Stripe, uh, who is the payment facilitator, uh, work this way. They don't they don't take the credit card ahead of time, and it turns out it's actually really good Uh, for me. I would rather have people come sign up. I give a generous 30-day membership trial so you can use it for 30 days and see if it works out for you, if it's something you wanna continue with. Uh, And then the the membership fee kicks in after that. Uh, I've also tried to keep the membership fees low, especially for the introductory special. We're having a launch special right now. I cut the fees in half so you get getting fifty percent off right now uh, through March for sure, and I may extend it depending on the, uh, the response. So, um, so right now the co working basic is four dollars a month, uh, but you get the the thirty days free. Uh, if you decide to do an annual membership, then it's only forty dollars. So uh, you actually get two months free per year uh, when you go for the annual. And uh, then the next step up is the Coworking Pro, and uh, that one is $8 a month. And then the Coworking Max is $12 a month. And each of those memberships give you a little bit more. So for the basic, you pretty much just get Coworking. Um, you, get, you get access to some of the community spaces, uh, just sort of the basic ones, because uh, this is really the entry-level uh, membership. And then also uh, it has the private messaging built in and you get some live events, the ones that are open to everybody. And then moving up into the next level for Coworking Pro, that's when you get uh, more deep discussion spaces for iOS and Swift, Swift UI, uh, those kinds of things. Those are opened up for you to participate in. Uh, You also get member discounts uh, where I'm working on getting more discounts for uh, members uh, we already have a great discount right now for, the, for 360 iDev, the, um, the conference. So if you're at the pro level or higher, you'll get a discount to uh, 360 iDev, and it's a 15% uh, discount. And uh, for co-working MAX members, you'll get a chance at uh, getting a free ticket. Uh, also, we have a job board. For Pro and Max members, and the job board is at this point it's basically powered by the uh, iOS Dev Jobs um, service. So um, it functions pretty much the same as iOS Dev Jobs, but it was I just felt it was nice to have it in one particular in one one-stop shopping, if if you will, because we also are getting news feeds from various Swift and iOS. Uh, sort of the popular news uh, feeds, so like uh, iOS Dev Weekly, uh, Swift by Sundell. So those those feeds are coming into. We're we're also doing Indie Dev Monday, uh, and those news feeds are available if you're in uh, the actually at all levels. I think I have that set up for all levels. And then for uh, Pro and Max, we're gonna have lunch and learns. As I mentioned before, and then once you get into the max, uh, it, that the, the max level membership is really designed for ones who are really trying to make a business out of their apps, uh, out of their app businesses, you know, trying to, to grow and, and, and help each other in the community. So um, that's why that's the the top tier and it gives you uh, additional spaces to uh, have access to. Uh, for for chatting with other business members. And also uh, we have weekly accountability meetings, which is definitely something if you're trying, it's, it's important if you're trying to really grow your business and uh, have goals and try to attain, uh, achieve those. And then I think I mentioned this already, private mini conferences is something that we're working on. And those also will be just for co-working max members and that will i'm envisioning will be more like uh tri-swift world those kinds of things where you only have a handful of people uh it, it depends on how many people sign up for the co-working max plan but uh i imagine that that uh, it'll be smaller so um but that's actually a good thing because i kind of wanted to have that be sort of a small intimate kind of uh arrangement but who knows? Maybe more people will sign up for the Max uh, plan, knowing that it is it, it gives you a lot for that extra today, extra four bucks a month, or, or even less if you go with the annual. So, um, um, so the CoWorking Pro right now is eight dollars uh, a month and eighty dollars for uh, annual, and the CoWorking Max is twelve bucks uh, a month and one hundred and twenty for annual. Uh, so it's the same kind of thing where you get the the two months free per year if you sign up for annual. So uh, anyway, sorry we got, went a little bit long on this episode, uh, but I really wanted to talk about Swift Remote Studio. You may have seen some mentions of it on uh, on Twitter, and I'm trying to grow it. I, I, I'm totally fine with this if it is a sort of a gradual organic growth. Um, explosive growth sometimes is a difficult to deal with. So, uh, but, uh, if you want to check it out, I will post a, a link in the show notes. Um, or you can just go to, just check it out at swiftremotestudio.com. You don't need a sh- a show note for that. Just, uh, just go to swiftremotestudio.com. Um, I will put it in the, sh- the show notes, don't worry. And, uh, then you can check it out. Uh, if you go to the website, there is also a link on the the website, right on the the front page where the title is and the view plans button, call to action button is, right below that, there's a link that says preview the community. So if you click on that, it will open up another tab on your browser and then you'll be able to take a look and see what I mean by the community site that's powered by Circle. So at that, um, I realized we did go over by about 10 minutes. So I apologize for going over, but hopefully you enjoyed hearing about Swift Remote Studio I'm hoping I can chat about this on some other podcasts and uh, maybe I'll uh, throw together a video as well to show what it's all about and get people excited about joining. Uh, so far, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, a lot of work, and <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but it's, it's been rewarding. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening uh, to this episode. And until next time, I'll catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash And there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS dev break. And until next week, we will catch you on the flip side iOS Debt Break is a production of Interactive Logic.